With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, welcome to episode six of the Hockey News on the Dev podcast, brought to you by MGM. I'm Carol Schramm, and as always with me today is our WHL expert, Liz Child. This week, we've got lots more player movement in the WHL headlines. Then we'll take a look at the St. Louis Blues as our NHL team of the week. Check in on Cohen Ziemer from the Prince George Cougars as our draft eligible spotlight. And then, of course, we'll have our weekly Connor Bedard report to wrap things up. Uh, nice to see you, Liz. What have you been up to since we chatted last? You as well. Um, you know, I've been keeping up with a lot of the Barracuda stuff this week. It's been a lot of movement up and down. Um, today, you know, we had a goaltender called up to the Sharks. We had a goaltender called from our ECHL affiliate up to the Barracuda. So it's been a lot of just movement. And, you know, I think we've had three games in something like five days, six days, um, following up a five game and seven day <laughs> stretch last week. So we've been we've been staying pretty busy, but it's kind of nice. The guys are on the road now. So get a little bit more of a breather, but <laughs> they'll be back soon enough. Things are going. I feel like most teams in the Pacific Division play 68 games or whatever it is, and the Barracuda play like 168. Is that like... <laughs> yeah, so, and then it's really fun because this season they actually bumped up the teams in the Pacific Division, so we're now playing the 72-game season that everyone else in the league is, finally. Uh, but... It's... It's been it's been insane. Uh, November has been the busiest month for Barracuda games. I think we had 13 games this month, which is a lot for this team. Um, so hopefully we get a little bit, bit more of a break in the in the next couple of months just to kind of balance that out. But it's yeah, been fun, sure. you know. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you certainly get to know your team well when they play that much this early in the season. So um, I'm sure you've had uh, a good chance to sort of assess what's uh, what's going on. Uh, with the club so far. Um, I was actually down on your side of the border this weekend as well. First time since uh, 2019, I made it to the USA. I got to uh, visit Climate Pledge Arena and check out the first Seattle tracking game for myself and uh, all the hype, absolutely true. I couldn't believe the spectacle and excitement of it all and the sold out crowd. Almost everybody I heard walking around in the concourse was explaining hockey to the person that they were with. So I thought that was a really good sign from like a viral point of view that the season ticket holders are like bringing new people in and sharing with them what the Kraken experience is all about now that the team is winning and that they're on a on a good track. So that was super fun. And then I'd yeah, um, love to hear that. Have you been to a Kraken game yet? I have not. Climate Pledge Arena like terrifies me because it's underground and I don't do that. I was at the first ever um, preseason game against Vancouver that they held at Spokane Arena, uh, which was incredible. Like just being able to see that environment. And that was, you know, two years ago now, a year ago, whatever. Um, time doesn't exist. I don't know what's going on anymore. But yeah. yeah, no, so it was incredible. But heading out to a game at Climate Pledge is on my bucket list. I just have to build up the nerve to be willing to go do that. The underground thing is not a big deal at all, especially because they have a big bank of windows. 
um, looking out at See, street levels. So it's it, like, it that's my problem. Like it goes, no, it's, it's fine. It makes it seem like it's all very connected and it doesn't feel like you're in a basement at all. It's well, cool. see, it's the fact that I can tell that it's underground is what terrifies me. Uh, because like, that's like my biggest fear in the world is being underground. So the fact that you can see the street level like above you. Well, the street I'm... level's on the same level as the press box, so it's not above you. So maybe that's part of why it was like not freaky from, from the press box okay. point of view. It was it was all good. Trust me, you'll be fine. Um, it's it's super fun. It's uh, the the opening montage video and everything that they do was was really great and is well worth seeing. Um, then the second thing I got to do at the arena, I was back on Sunday for the uh, rivalry series yes. game between uh, the U.S. and Canadian women, and that was just amazing. It's I'm always love to go out and support and watch the best female players in the world and the fact that they set a new record for attendance for uh, a u.s now women's national team game in the united states with fourteen thousand five hundred fans the arena was basically full except for one tiny section at the top and uh everybody was given her it was a wonderful mix of like people of all ages and uh lots of canadian fans had come down as well so lots of red and white in the stands but uh Hillary Knight put on a show and the USA chants were uh, regaling the, the players in the final two minutes and they played Miley Cyrus party in the USA as like a rap song when the, when the final buzzer sounded so everybody went home happy it was it was super cool. Um, I love that that's incredible yeah just that, watching everything come in over the weekend from that is just incredible to just you know it's one of those moments when you're like I wish I was there but I'm so glad it just happened like it doesn't even matter um and I'm so glad you were got to be there and like experience that because that's I feel like one of those moments that you just sit there and you're just taking in like yes yeah I went to Canada's practice at the uh, Kraken practice rink um on Saturday on my way down and as soon as I saw the crowds there and the kids and the autograph seekers and just the vibe it clicked right away in my head that the record was going to get broken the next day. I was bugging the PR people and was like, what's the number? What's the number? How many people are installed? <laughs> and they were all being very coy about the whole thing. But, uh, you know, so I was, I was ready when the announcement came. But it was, yeah, it was a, a really, really cool experience to be a part of. And with all that being said, I believe the Thunderbirds were playing at the same time on Sunday as the women were. Uh, I did look it up, but... Uh, I, I, I promise this is my bucket list that the next time I go down, I will visit uh, visit a Thunderbirds game and we'll go see the Silver Tips. I did see the sign for Angel of the Wind Arena as I was booting it back on I-5 on my way home yesterday. So uh, the the, uh, the WHL teams will be on my uh, on my agenda next time for sure. And with that lengthy preamble, let's turn to the WHL. Uh, and we've got another long list of uh, trades and player transactions. So let's dig into that. Yeah, I mean, starting last week while we were recording, I had said uh, something along the lines of don't be surprised if Seattle makes another, you know, major trade before the trade deadline. And as we were recording, it was basically like moments after I said that the Seattle Thunderbirds made a major trade um, and acquired Nolan Allen from the Prince Albert Raiders. And, you know, they sent... Three players in Gabe Ludwig, Braden Dubé, and Easton Kovacs to Prince Albert, along with six picks, which was, you know, I was sitting there reading through that. And oh, I'm not going to go over exactly what year, what picks, because, again, there was six picks. Um, and if you need to look it up, you can. But huge return uh, 
but you're paying for a first round defenseman, which, hey, surprise, you have now three NHL drafted defensemen on a Seattle Thunderbirds blue line. <laughs> the Seattle Thunderbirds are literally just going, we're all in this season, which is almost funny to say because it felt like they were all in last season. Um, they also received Reese Shaw uh, from the Prince Albert Raiders, who is like, he's a secondary piece in that, but I think for, for the Thunderbirds, like, you know, it's nice to get a second piece because, again, three players and six picks heading out. At least you're getting two guys back. Uh, Nolan Allen's going to be really fun to watch. I mean, you have Luke Prokop, you have Kevin Korchinski, now you have Nolan Allen. Seattle Thunderbirds are just going for it this year, and it's going to be incredible. Um, and then you turn around and you get, you know, Ty Hurley, sorry, uh, and you pick him up from the the Swift Current Broncos. Uh, they traded two picks for him and got back a pick and Ty Hurley. You know, they're building still a little bit more depth. You know, he's not an overage player. He's going to be around for a little bit. You're getting another piece back. At this point, I don't know what the heck the Thunderbirds are going to do when draft time comes around over the next couple of years, but... <laughs> not much. <laughs> But I don't think that they care right now. Honestly, they've been making moves that have only been building this roster. And you sat there at the beginning of the season and you went, who are they going to be willing to move? What's going on? And they have made some trades that I'm absolutely happy about. Like sometimes they make major teams, make major trades. And I'm sitting, sitting there like, I don't like that though. And the, the Thunderbirds haven't made a single trade yet where I've been like, but why? <laughs> Like every one of these have been moves that I have enjoyed and I'm looking forward to. Um, speaking of moves that I, I enjoy, uh, the Tri-City Americans moved to acquire Jared Picklick, a goaltender from the Lethbridge Hurricanes. Um, they sent a, an eighth round pick in 2024. So, you know, not a big payment for him. Um, I'm not sure what's going on there just because I know Nick Avakian has still been backing up Tomas Sukanek. So, I don't know if we're going to see Pickley playing soon. I don't know if he's, you know, maybe just injured and they're waiting for him. If they're just planning on rotating three guys, like I don't know what that plan is, but I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, Tri-City American goaltenders always tend to make me very happy. <laughs> um, so that's a good one for me. Um, and then the Victoria Royals, <laughs> they received another overager, which <laughs> I love Victoria, but this is stressing me out, the overage situation there. Uh, but they did receive overage Alex Thacker from the Lethbridge Hurricanes um, in exchange for a 2026 pick. Um, the Royals have kind of silently released uh, Caleb Wilms, um, which I was sitting there being like, didn't they need to let someone else go? Because I know at one point they had five overagers and then they let two go. And then now they're bringing in another one. And I was like, but they never announced as far as I can remember that they're dropping anyone else. And then I was going through the roster. I'm like, wait, Caleb Bohm's not here. Um, so, you know, I'm excited to see Alex, more of Alex Thacker um, with the Royals. You know, the acquisition of Jake Poole has been fantastic for that team. You know, he's basically every night going out and being like, all right, I'm scoring a goal tonight. We're going to get something going. And it's been fun to watch. So it's going to be interesting to see how Thacker fits in on that. Um, a little bit on my side of things, 
uh, former Winterhawks uh, captain and defenseman Nick Chichek made his NHL debut with the San Jose Sharks last week. Uh, nice. He got called up from the Barracuda, and that was probably one of the most exciting things that I've ever gotten to like post and be involved with. Um, you know, I've been watching Nick since he was 17, 18 with the Winterhawks, and then being able to watch him with the Barracuda, like signed to an AHL deal out of camp and then signed to an NHL deal last year that I kind of got to break as well. Um, and then <laughs> Seeing him make his NHL debut has just been the wildest journey for me. Um, and I'm really excited for him. He also recorded his first NHL point on an assist. And I think his it was either his second or third game. And then last night, registered his first NHL fight <laughs> with wow. a former Calgary Hitman player. And it's just been, it's been a lot. And I just really wanted to talk about that a little bit. Um, That's cool. And then... Just kind of on like a more fun side of things, uh, three WHL players had their ratings bumped up from a B rating to an A rating on NHL Central Scouting's uh, list. And so Andrew Crystal, Lu- Lucas Dragasivic, and Cohen Zimmer, who we will be talking about a little bit later, uh, have all moved up to potential first round picks. And I think personally, Andrew Crystal and Lucas Dragasivic probably should have been given an A rating from the start. Um, but I think maybe people just wanted to see a little bit more of them. I don't know, but I'm happy to see that. And then Cohen Zimmer, I don't hate that he was given the A rating, but he's one of those where I'm like, I right now don't personally see him going in the first round. But clearly people who know a little bit more than me about the scouting world probably are sitting there going that he has that potential. So we'll see where he is by the end of the year. Um. And- it's nice too to see that we've talked about Crystal and Dragon Civic in uh, past podcasts, and you've waxed poetic about their uh, their their skills and their charms. And so uh, um, it's cool to see that Central Scouting is on board with your uh, your assessments and is uh, giving them higher rankings as they go along. And it must be always great for their franchises to see you know players taking maybe bigger strides than expected as their seasons are going along. Oh, absolutely. Um, I know, especially for Dragon Civic, you know, we were talking, I was talking to uh, Roy Stasiak, uh, their uh, assistant GM and head of scouting. And he was basically saying, you know, like the more the guy, more any of our guys are being looked at by scouts, the more scouts will be in our building to see the rest of our guys. Um, and that's just one of those things where seeing his name out there more, t- seeing Thomas Sukanek's name out there more, it's building that you know, hey, guys are going to come watch you guys play. Let's just up that level. So it's really nice to see for sure. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to the uh, NHL three stars of the week. Um, and uh, starting off with our uh, with our third star, again, somebody who got uh, some quality minutes on last week's podcast, but uh, even the <laughs> WHL is on board with you on, uh, on this one here, Liz. So tell us about uh, the third star. Yeah, so this week's third star is the WHL goaltender of the week, Dante Giannuzzi, who, again, I will take any and every opportunity to talk about. Um, throughout this season, he is 10-1-1-0, which, you know, he's on back. He's had two five-game winning streaks this season, ha- has not been defeated in a shootout. He's had two this year, and I, I'm almost terrified saying that just because the guys aren't superstitious, but I'm always superstitious for them. I hate saying like too much and being like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. But anytime I want to talk about him, like it's just one of those moments of he's looking fantastic. And anybody who has something negative to say, I think last week he just kind of turned around and said, what? I can't hear you. 
you know, he posted a, a 968 save percentage last week. Outstanding. Uh, one, like an, one even goals against in two games last week. He looked great. Basically, you know, last week I think I had said that, you know, he played his best game of the season the night before. And this week he's just played better and better as the games have gone on. And if he just keeps this up, like everyone's going to be looking at him. And I feel like everyone's going to see what I have personally seen for the last couple of years. So I'm really excited for him. Um, Absolutely. I will take every opportunity to talk him up though, but yeah. So he's our third star WHL goaltender of the week, Dante Dionisi. Fantastic. Uh, this week's second star, uh, we turn to the Edmonton Oil Kings and uh, 16-year-old center Gavin Hodnett. Yeah, so he kind of came out last week and he's been doing pretty well uh, and through his 15 games. He had five points, you know, as a 16-year-old. That's good. He He's looked like, you know, he, he fits in. Um, and then all of a sudden he came out, got his first WHL goal. Um, against the Brandon Wheat Kings and then went on to pick up two more goals in that game to have his first hat trick in the same game that he got his first goal. Uh, Outstanding, but not only that, I believe he went on to pick up two more assists in that game as well to have himself a five-point night. Uh, As a 16-year-old, that's incredible, but also just, you know, hey, I got my first goal and then the floodgates just open and (laughs) he's like, all right, I'm here now. Um, and then the next night he picked up another assist. So he had a big week last week and I'm really intrigued to see, you know, what he does over the next couple of seasons. Um, I think I put in our notes, uh, you know, I'm not expecting this to be his year personally. Uh, but I think next season is going to be like a really big breakout year. Like he's going to finish well this year. He's going to have a good season. And then all of a sudden next year, he's going to come out of the gates and just be like, Hey, you thought I was good last year. Look what I can do. Um, but, I mean, he could always prove me wrong. He could always, from here on out, just start scoring two or three goals every other night and make me eat my words, which I feel like a lot of these guys have done after I've been like, eh, I don't know. They just turn around they're like, what? <laughs> so, we'll see, but uh, I'm excited for him. Yeah. Well, if he does follow your timeline, it will work out great because he is a 2024 draft eligible and so the You've basically lined him up to uh, to light it up uh, as the uh, scouts come sniffing around to figure out where he will go in the NHL draft. Um, he was also on the Canada White team at the U17 tournament that I was at a couple weeks ago. I didn't get to see their team play, but um, on a, a squad that didn't really do great, um, he finished with three goals and three assists for six points in six games. So pretty solid. He was one of the top scorers on that Canada White team. So uh, a nice showing for him there. Um, now let's move on to the, uh, the first star of the week, uh, first rounder taken ninth overall by the Buffalo Sabres last summer, adding to their very rich pool of first rounders, uh, from the hottest team in the Canadian hockey league, the Winnipeg Ice. Oh Lord. Also, I just want to comment the Winnipeg Ice are on a 15 game win streak right now. And all right, do your thing, Winnipeg. Uh, I'm almost tired of seeing them at the top of the the CHL rankings every week for the last year and a half. Uh, but <laughs> good for them. They look great. They have Mason Bopit. I'm not going to complain. Um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so Matthew Savoy is my first star of the week this week. Uh, he's I, like we've talked about him already, but he's a full skills player. He's really fun to watch. Um, he's talked about and touted for a reason. Like you know, everyone 
last year was kind of being like, okay, but is he up there like where he needs to be? Because everyone was saying, oh, he's going to go top 10. And then you had a lot of people being like, eh, but maybe he could, he could slide. Who knows? Clearly Buffalo went, no, he's a top 10 talent. Um, I think he is. He has a little bit of that. And I feel like Sharks fans are mostly going to understand me when I say this. He has a little bit of that Ryan Merkley energy where sometimes I think he just tries too hard and is like, I got this. And sometimes you're like, okay, slow down. Uh, the difference is he's doing it more successfully right now than Ryan Merkley is. Um, <laughs> which, you know, that's everything that everyone out here wants. They just want that performance out of him. Um, Matthew Savoy is on a seven-game point streak. Obviously, it's working for him. Uh, he played two games last week with the Winnipeg Ice, had seven points, um, including <laughs> a three-goal, three-assist night uh, against Connor Bedard in the Regina Pats. So, you know, he's been doing everything this season, and he just looks good. On an already strong team, he's still standing out. So he's fun to watch. Uh, you don't always know what he's going to do, which can be stressful, but it's so entertaining at the same time. Yeah, I did a double take when I saw that 9-5 final score between Winnipeg and uh, Regina last week. And, uh, you know, even when your team gets nine goals and you're in on six of them, I think, you know, anytime you're in on two-thirds oh, yeah. of your team scoring, no matter, like, the bigger the number gets, the more jaw-dropping it is. So, uh, yeah, well-deserved first-star honors for, uh, for Matthew Savoy this week. Uh, next up, it's our NHL team of the week. We are still working our way through the Central Division one more week after this, and then uh, we'll surprise you with our next division. I don't even know what Liz has up her sleeve yet, but uh, this week uh, we're looking at the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, so the St. Louis Blues only have one WHL player at this time um, in Tyson Galloway, who's a defenseman for the Calgary Hitmen. Um, as, I mean, you noted here, he, they took him in the fifth round in 2021. Uh, from Kamloops. So again, I feel like this is just going to be a game uh, where I feel like if we were playing like a drinking game, it would be how many times does Liz say the Kamloops Blazers in a podcast? Um, <laughs> which I think this is the first time this week. So yeah, we'll and he's see. actually from Kamloops, just like grew up there, not, uh, not oh, okay. from the from See, the that's why I was like, I don't really know yeah. what, what you meant by that. Well, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm no, still saying Kamloops Blazers just for fun. Um, that, but that, that I think is your thing. It's like Kamloops Blazers, do, 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 you know. <laughs> like that's how see, so Galloway, as you can tell, is one of those defensemen and one of those players that I don't know too much about. Um, I've watched him play. I haven't really focused on him. Again, you know, he plays for Calgary. Uh, not a team that I personally have my eye on every single week. But again, they're they're kind of getting up there. They are a fun team to watch. Um, they are an intriguing team to watch uh, just because sometimes they're fantastic and they're, they're going at it. And sometimes you're sitting there going, eh, <laughs> like you're fun to watch. It's hockey, but at the same time, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so he, he's one of those guys. And again, I don't think I put very much or anything down uh, where I'm like, I just want to see more of him and I want to see a little bit more of what he's bringing to this Hitman team uh, because he's one of those, he's a he's an NHL prospect, but I don't feel like many people are talking about him. And there's kind of a reason for that is just because he's not one of those guys that's super like out there and that you, you notice all the time every night. Okay. Um, within the St. Louis system, we've got uh, a couple of players um, 
in on the team and knocking at the door. Um, Braden Shan, of course, is a legendary Saskatoon boy who was the uh, captain of the Brandon Wheat Kings back in the day in the WHL All-Star, um, kind of represents the stereotype of what the prairies are all about. And then uh, you've got a couple other guys in the, uh, in the blue system as well. Yeah. I mean, they have former Edmonton Oil Kings captain Jake neighbors who, you know, led his team to a Memorial Cup run or no. Yeah. Edmonton Oil Kings. I don't know why my brain just said Kamloops Blazers because I'm on Kamloops Blazers time right now. Uh, <laughs> led his team to a Memorial Cup run last year. Uh, 2020 first rounder. He's looked great. He's had 11 games with the big club this year. He has one goal in those games. Um, did get sent down to the Springfield Thunderbirds. Has three. But I can't even read my own notes here. Uh, he has four assists in five games. I knew there was a five there somewhere. Um, and <laughs> you know, it's it's been an intriguing way for him because you know I think a lot of people were expecting to see more of him in the NHL this season, but with the way things are going for the Blues, <laughs> can't be too upset. Um, and then they also have Joel Hofer, the former uh, Swift Current Broncos goaltender and Portland Winterhawks goaltender, um, who. You know, he runs hot and cold for me. Uh, he did get a goalie goal in last year's AHL playoffs, which is outstanding. But he's one of those those goaltenders who has a really good first half of the game and then kind of lets things go in the second half where I feel like he gets a little too comfortable thinking, oh, I'm fine. I got this. Like, we're locked in. And then all of a sudden, like, he lets one goal in and then he goes, oh, no. And then he gets a little bit of that panic in his game. And it just – sometimes it just really gets away from him. Um but, I mean, again, he's won with Swift Current. He's had great run with Portland. And you can't count him out of any game. Um, I, it's just one of those where I'm like, okay, I want to see consistency from him for sure. Absolutely fair. Um, now let's move on to the uh, draft-eligible spotlight for this week and uh, going back to our A-rated Prince George Cougar Cohen Zimmer. Yeah, I mean, 35 points in 21 games with 15 goals and 20 assists. Uh, that's pretty even. You know, he's clearly doing things very well in playmaking and goal scoring. Um, he's one of those those players with a late birthday, so he is an 04 player, but he was born in December. So he, it is his first year of draft eligibility. Um, he just, He positions himself so well on the ice to receive passes, and he's really willing to just, you know, attack the net and go for it. Uh, sometimes to me, it seems like he kind of feels like things are going to be a little bit easy for him and he's just going to be like, okay, it's fine. Like I got this. And so sometimes that effort level for me is just a little bit lacking where I'm like, you could have done a little bit more there. Um, <laughs> but clearly it's working for him. It's just one of those where I'm sitting there being like, but maybe he would have started the season with that a ranking if he just had a little bit more, uh, going you know, at, at certain points, and it's not always, because there are a lot of moments when I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, that's exactly what I wanted to see from you. It's just once in a while I sit there and I'm like, that was kind of lazy. Like, and it's not like I think that he's just going like, I don't want to. I think it's just him being like, oh, it's fine. And then he's like, oh, just kidding, it's not. Um, <laughs> but um, I'm really interested to see how the next month goes for him, because I think that's going to be kind of that big moment of if he doesn't make Team Canada, how is he going to respond to, you know, just being still in the WHL and having to perform at that level 
And then at the same time, if he does make Team Canada for World Juniors, I want to see how he responds to that as well. Um, yeah, it, pretty hard to make Team Canada as an 18-year-old typically, or in his case, still. well, I guess he'll be 18 by the time the tournament starts. Um, so that that may not be, you know, the, the guidepost that we need to look at. But if he does make it, it'll be, you know, a big achievement for him. I was noticing that at 17, he's already got pretty good size at 195 pounds on his uh, six-foot frame. Um, mm. How much do you think that his progress this season has been, you know, him sort of settling into that? body and and you know getting to sort of a, a better stronger sense of his toolkit if you will I think it's a lot of it I think he's very comfortable now with just you know not feeling like oh I'm bigger I'm feeling kind of awkward and you know like getting around guys or you know having to think about that as much of like oh I have to work a little harder or do a little bit more of this um, but at the same time I think that it's kind of maybe what's making him think that you know hey I'm a bigger guy I'm fine um in this league it's not always that easy it's not always oh I'm the biggest body out there I'm one of the bigger guys especially for my age like there's always going to be that 6'5 220 pound guy who's out there and, and you're just going to have to face that every night yeah and the next levels that he goes to that will happen even more often uh, if unless he uh, keeps growing as well so we'll see how that all shakes down all right, um, it's that time again, Liz. It's Connor Bedard watch time. <laughs> it's two day, we're two days out from Bedard's uh, performance here in Vancouver as the Regina Pats beach, meet the Vancouver Giants on Friday night. Uh, tell us what Connor's been up to this week. Yeah, I mean, last week he had picked up 12 points in the week and I said, do it again. And he went, I only have two games. Uh, so <laughs> in his defense, he did pick up, I believe, uh, five points in those two games with one goal and four assists. So if you balance it out, he had four games the week before. So it's still it's still comparable. It's a, a point less per game, but you know, we'll allow it. It's fine. Um, he's at 48 points in 22 games, which is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and is the first WHL player since Tri-Cities, uh, Brendan Shinneman, to uh, record a 20-game point streak. And I believe it's actually now at 21 games. So, you know, he's sitting there being like, yeah, I'm just going to keep going. It's fine. Don't worry about me. Um, again, we go back to that, that, oh, okay, it took him 10 seconds in the game against Winnipeg last week to score a highlight real goal that was absolutely outstanding. And I have a little bit of a funny story about it because I was at the SAP Center for a Sharks game that night and uh, one of the members of Sharks PR uh, came up and was just like, oh, did you see what happened to your boy Mason? I was like, it's Connor Bedard, man. Like, it's 10 seconds in, first shot of the night. Uh, what's he going to do about it? Um and I mean, obviously he settled in and won that game. So <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, Connor Bedard, it's just one of those every week you watch him and you're like, what are you going to do now? What, what's this next one going to do? I think uh, like the top 10, uh, it was either this week or last week, he had three of the top 10 goals. And you're just sitting there being like, yeah, that sounds about right. Like, no, I'm not even surprised seeing his name come up on anything anymore. Yeah. Um, when when the Islanders were in Toronto this week, uh, the uh, Matt Barzal was getting some questions about Bizarre Bedard because he um, plays with them 
in the summer here in Vancouver, despite the significant uh, difference in their ages. And yeah. uh, Barzal certainly made some headlines talking about how Bedard's been beating NHL goaltender since he was 15 years old. And um, oh, basically I have, said, I have pictures. Yeah. I have pictures and video um, because he was doing that three on three uh, or four on four tournament in the summers with Barzal. And I, I have, I wrote about it, I think three or two years ago now. And it was just one of those, Hey, do you have any pictures? And he just started sending me photos of, of Vidar. And I was like, this kid is small. <laughs> like, he's doing what? <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, I, I love that Matt Barzal though is acknowledging that and just being like, I've been playing against this kid and playing with this kid. So. Yeah. And again, for, for a kid that small and Barzell having been in the NHL as long as he has, he went as far as to compare Bedard's shot to Austin Matthews, which certainly caught the attention of the Toronto media. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, no pressure, Connor, when you show up at, uh, at the Langley Event Center on Friday night, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what, uh, what you can do. That's uh, that's, that's the big highlight of my week ahead. Uh, what's on the agenda for you? Um, well, we've got some Barracuda games, so they play again tomorrow on the road in Ontario, and then they have two more over the weekend, um, and then they come back and play Iowa twice here at home, so got a lot going on, but I'm really looking forward to it, um, and then I'm hoping to get some talks with a couple of goaltenders and getting some stuff set up, so hopefully I'll have some more WHL stuff to talk about here soon, other than just watching games, uh, which... Obviously, I love to do, but <laughs> I like talking to the guys as well. Yeah, um, we'll start looking more closely at the uh, WHL candidates for uh, for World Juniors next week as well, and uh, keep you up to date on everything else that's going on. But uh, we're basically out of time for today. So as always, thank you for listening and watching or however you consume this. Um, feel free to subscribe to the Main Hockey News podcast for us and all of our other uh, prospect podcasts from the uh, CHL, the QMJHL, the AHL, uh, and the uh, American Hockey Pipeline. Uh, we'll keep you up to date on everything all the way through. And uh, for Liz and me, have a great week, and we'll talk to you next time.